Happy Father's Day. What a, uh, what a gorgeous day for Father's Day. Thank you, Lord, for looking after your fathers up in here. Um, everybody's going up to the lake probably doing a bunch of stuff. And, um, and we are actually in a series um, called Hashtag Controversial Conversations that we've suspended last weekend. And we're also going to suspend them for this weekend uh, so that we can have something even more special to talk about. But we'll pick up the, the series back up next week for controversial um, conversations. So I hope you guys plan to be there then um, and, you know, figure out whether you're going to bring your kids in or not because it's going to be a little bit of a very hot topic, sensitive topic for next week. But, but for today, though, oh, I'm super, super, super excited. So if you're new here for the first time, welcome to Odyssey. I'm Sergio, oh, one of the pastors here, and we're just delighted that you were able to kind of come and worship um, with us here uh, today. So without going into any more... Um, you know, beating on the bush, sweet talk, um, I would like to, for the first time ever in this context, invite one of your very own, the one and only, Thor Jimmy Smith. <laughs> All right, no need to stand, it's just Jimmy. No, we're right here. Oh, you got one Hola. So, my name is Jimmy, as you know. Ho, 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 hold on a second. Hold sorry, on a second. Sorry, sorry. So, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, like he said, this is the first time doing this on stage, so if I start stuttering or anything like that, just when you leave here, just tell everybody the speaker was so annoyed that he was speaking in tongues, okay? <clears throat> <laughs> Um, but I'll, I'll get into um, a little bit of how I actually ended up on this stage. Um, it it kind of goes way back. I mean, I, I was born in a Christian home, raised in a Christian home. Um, my parents got divorced around nine. I was lucky enough to still have my dad around, even though my parents were divorced. Um, but my mom was working two jobs. Uh, my dad wasn't living in the home, so I got into a lot of trouble. Uh, started smoking weed at a very, very young age, um, which led into more drugs and things that aren't the greatest. Um, that explains a lot, Jimmy. Yeah, I know. I'm not, I'm, if I go into detail, we'll literally be here all day talking about <laughs> that. Um, and th that led into me being arrested, um, me being on probation, um, and taking a, a path that probably would have killed me. O over that time, um, when I was done with probation, um, I happened to meet my wife. She didn't know I was on probation. Thank God. <laughs> that explains a lot as well. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> She didn't know I was on probation, and um, she also came from a Christian home. And so we kind of started going back to church because during that time, I didn't want anything to do with God. I, I didn't even really think about him ever. Um, there was only a few times maybe I prayed to him because I was in desperate need because um, I thought I might die. But uh, we started going back to church. And we never really got involved in church. Uh, my wife kind of volunteered here and there, but I didn't want to be involved. I wanted church to be my own thing. Like, I wanted to go to church just for me. I didn't want to talk to nobody. I didn't want to, I didn't want to make relationships. I just wanted to do me. I wanted to go, listen to music, listen to the preacher, and go home. Um, and I feel like a lot of that happens today in church. Yeah. Uh, people are here for themselves instead of, for what it should be. Um, so we moved up here uh, last year in May, and we started coming here thanks to Hazy. <laughs> no, no name dropping. <laughs> and uh, so we actually started coming, and then we got invited to an A crew. Um, we came to an A crew, and it just happened to be that Sergio was there um, at one of these events, and. God was, like, pulling at my heart to ask him, like, 
what do you need help with? You need help with something. And I had this, I had this tug at my heart when we were in Florida at our church, uh, but I never acted upon it. And when we came here, it was so strong that like I couldn't not do it, if that makes any sense. And so I pulled him aside and I said, what do you need help with? Basically <laughs> how I heard it was, you need help. <laughs> and the Lord Jesus sent me. Pretty much. <laughs> and so he kind of laughed and he said, what are you good at? And I said, I don't know, but I can figure it out. And so I started volunteering here. Um, started helping him with kind of whatever he needed. We started with the stage, then we went. No, no, to, tell him the first time that you came out to. to start. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I told what him all you did. Yeah. So I told, <laughs> I told my wife, all right, I'm gonna go help at the church. She goes, What are you doing? I said, I don't know, but it's, I think it's something to do with the stage. I don't know. I think he needs help with the stage. Do, do so, you see? Do you see how this sounds about? Yeah, I think he needs help. That. So, Just so, spread uh, the gossip, spread the rumors around. Yeah, Nashville. yeah, yeah. So, so we get here and. We got nothing done. We sat and talked for like four hours. Um, told them my whole life story, pretty much. Um, and that kind of kicked off what I felt like a non-judgmental relationship. Because hmm. he accepted me for who I was. Knowing everything. And I, man, there were some times I was volunteering here, just me and him, and got some pretty bad news. And said some pretty choice words and it was not inside it was right on the outside <laughs> just past the doors um and and the best thing about all of that was he didn't look at me any different and he accepted me for who i was and that kind of got me to to want to be here more and more and more and volunteering more and and when whenever i could i was here i mean half the time i was here by myself just doing whatever i could um, and probably a few months ago, I was sitting in the sauna, because for some reason that's where I get really close to God, I don't know why. <clears throat> and in the sauna, you don't know if you're crying or not, it's yeah. just all, but before, hold on, before, before you get to the sauna, I just, just real fast, like, um, I remember, the, and it's, so we had a, a family, um, church family, heart-to-heart -heart chat, and, uh, you know, we're talking about some financial um, kind of issues that we're kind of going through um, with our church. And so we were, you know, just kind of like just laying it all out there. Our first ever um, family heart to heart since we're growing and now people, you know, we, we, we want to share all that we're doing so that we're transparent. And um, the kind of person that Jimmy is, is, um, is after we share all this stuff, I talk about it and, you know, we've been talking about remodeling the cafe since we moved in here. And we've kind of accepted the fact that it may take a decade or less. Uh, and we've kind of, we, you know how, you know how we, something becomes so adjusted to you that you kind of stop seeing it. You only see the potential of it and you don't really see it. And so I, I asked Jimmy from the beginning, I was like, hey, so what's, when, you, when you came here, what's the thing that bothers you? He's like, what's up with the kitchen? <laughs> I'm like, what kitchen? He goes, this kitchen. I'm like, yeah, that is a kitchen, huh? Because we started seeing it as a cafe, you know, so we started talking about kind of revamping it, redoing it. So anyways, after, after that conversation, we had a little church, you know, financial kind of thing, uh, conversation. And he's like, hey, this week I can come in and, um, and, and we, you know, work on the cafe. Tell me what kind of what you, what you want and all that. And so I was like, you know, I was like, I, if we could just, you know, do a couple of things, you know, just something to, to prep for next week. And, you know, I'm thinking like, this is going to be a six-month project. And, uh, and so uh, on Monday, him and uh, Ronnie and uh, Hazy, dropping names again, sheesh, uh, you know, they kind of came in uh, and basically, you know, in one week transformed the whole place. And so people from our church leave Sunday as we have financial issues and come back with a renovated kitchen. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, I mean, the whole thing caused us. It was like, it was not a financial thing that was the issue because we, we, you know, we're kind of like, we, yeah. we got a lot of things donated. And, yeah, yeah. And it, you know. The transformational, the, 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 on the surface, it looks like a grander thousands of dollars of stuff. So anyways. We, but, haven't, we haven't sent our labor bill yet. No, they're, we're still waiting for their bill, you know. Uh, P.O. Box 21323 yeah. San Antonio, California. Yeah, okay. <laughs> But so, and so he's the kind of person that's like, hey, what are you kind of want to need? You know, what, what do you need? And when you kind of mention it, he kind of goes after it. Um, our, we have a video security system 
that he basically led all our stuff on stage. We were painted a stage. He kind of, you know, was really behind all that. He's just kind of like, you know, he just wants to learn about everything. And so, um, you know, on one side, it's, it's a real gift. And the other side is, you know, it's really easy to take advantage of him. <laughs> so I'm uh, glad that he's here, that we're not taking advantage of him <laughs> yet. Yeah. All right. So I uh, just wanted to kind of let you know, like, this guy is uh, a, a really good role model. I think father, dad, um, husband, uh, and just... Uh, just a guy who's just really after God, like, you know, makes up his mind and he goes for it. Um, so if you don't know him, um, it's really, really, uh, it would benefit you tremendously to sit down and see, it, you know, just look around your house, see if there's anything you need done at your house. <laughs> Invite him over for some coffee and, uh, okay, sauna story. Let's keep going. <laughs> so where were we now? <laughs> sauna. Oh, so, I, yeah, I was sitting in the sauna and... Um, when I, when I sit in the sun, I, I just listen to praise and worship music because, I don't know, it's just, I, I just like doing that. And so um, something came over me and was like, you need to get on stage and you need to talk. And this terrifies me. I mean, if you would have seen me back there, I was like, pff, I probably did, I probably ran a mile in that back room back there before I came <laughs> out here because it's really nerve-wracking. And, uh, I, I, and I had this inkling for a while and I didn't act on it and then a few more times I just kept in the sun I kept saying you need to you need to get on stage and talk you need to get on stage and talk and and I said I don't want to talk and he said well, you need to text Sergio right now because if you don't text him you'll never do it and so I sent him a text and he didn't respond right away and I was like maybe I can back out <laughs> how do you unsend this <laughs> and uh and then I told him I said I don't even know if it'll be this year maybe it'll be next year and he said, all right, yeah, we'll meet and we'll talk. And he kind of pushed me off for a couple weeks. And then the next time I saw him, he goes, Father's Day. And I'm like, of next year? And he goes, no, no Father's Day. And I'm like, I'm not ready for that. He goes, it's Father's Day. <laughs> and I said, okay. <laughs> and so I, I just felt like that path of, of where I started at such a young age, seeing, seeing my parents split, getting into drugs, being arrested, getting married. What most people don't understand is me and my wife got married pretty young in 2009. And uh, a year and a half to two years into our marriage, we split for six months. Uh, she lived in North Carolina. I moved back to Florida. And for some reason, we just never went through that divorce. And God brought us back together. And he's blessed us with a beautiful little girl who's wildly crazy. <clears throat> um, but very creative, and he, he brought me the long way. He didn't just bring me straight into knowing him, because I knew him when I was younger, but he brought me the long way. And, and there's a lot that I learned along that way um, that most people will never experience. And so that's kind of how we came up with this topic of what we want to talk about. Yeah, uh, like in here, like who feels like God's taking you the long way? Like, well, y'all are not shy at all. And when we, were started, when we started talking about this, um, let's go ahead and just, because after he said he wanted to talk, you know, kind of speak, I was not going to take the work for it. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to come alongside you and just tell me what you want to talk about. So uh, he kind of experienced, uh, you know, when we started planning to talk about one thing, and then afterwards, it, we shifted to talking about what we're going to talk about today. And so um, I'm just going just gonna to go ahead and just ask you, um, just, uh, yeah, like, so what was the thing that was really on your heart that you really wanted to talk about that, you know, in, in, in regards to, like, the story of God taking the long way and, and what, what God has been showing you? And So, I mean, we, we've met a few times to, to kind of put this together and, I came into the meeting with him and had this whole idea, and then we talked for like three hours and completely changed what we were going to talk about, and then met again last week and kind of changed it again, and and um, it was it kept going back to Moses mm -hmm. and and how they wandered in that desert for forty years, and why did they wander in that desert for forty years? What was the reason for that? Um, especially when there was a Hello? There was a much shorter way for them to go. So the story of Moses um, and the, really the part that, that we want to nail today and talk about is um, basically the, 
the, the, the Jewish people, the Israel people, they were in slavery for 400 years in Egypt. And God um, sent Moses, who used to be in Egypt and grew up in the Egyptian household, um, ended up killing somebody, fleeing, and then after like 40 years of being with God out there somewhere, God sent, sends Moses back to deliver the people, millions of people from Egypt, from slavery, and God gives them all of these promises of what he's going to do, where he's going to take them, and then, um, and then so God eventually through a bunch of other trials, it just never, nothing in life and nothing with God happens simply, there's always a lesson, there's always something deeper w when God takes us on a journey, and so with the, with the, with the, with the people and Moses, God took, has, you know, kind of taken them, freed them from Egypt, crossed over um, the, the, you know, Moses parted the Red Sea, they crossed over all that, and heading to the promised land, um, or the promise that God uh, promised them and their, and their, and their inheritance, um, and their children. Um, so th that kind of goes, if we can get Deuteronomy 8.2 on the screen. Mm -hmm. So it says, remember that the Lord your God led you on the entire journey these 40 years in the wilderness so that he might humble you and test you and to know what was in your heart whether or not you would keep his commands um and so we came up with the conclusion of of they were in the desert for 40 years for a purpose what is the purpose in your longer than expected journey why are you in this long journey um a lot of people in their journey will look at it as the world's against them. Um, they'll look at it as God doesn't care about me, or why is God doing this, or why can't God just deliver me out of this? And there's a lot of things that you learn along that journey that I learned along my journey um, that I'm still traveling on. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like you ever get there. <laughs> I don't feel like you ever just show up and your, your, your journey's done. Um, but there's promises that he delivers throughout your journey mm -hmm. and there's lessons that he teaches you. And so kind of what we talked about was even in that wilderness, they decided to camp out. They, they sent, they sent um, some scouts to look at the land. And when they came back, those, they sent out 12 12 scouts. And when they sent out those 12 scouts, uh, they all came back and two of them were like, hey, this is, everything's there. Everything is, is exactly what they said it was. And 10 of them were like, nah, we ain't going there. there. There's too many things that are in our way. And so instead of them just going, they camped out. Yeah. So what's, what's interesting is, is that they were, we just read that they were in the wilderness for 40 years. And it's not that it took them that long to get to the promised land. What happened was they got to the promised land pretty quick, not in today's standards quick, but via walking uh, and no internet in the desert kind of um, <laughs> quick. And, uh, and once, they, once they, got, they got to a, plot, to a place where, where the, the promise, the promised land was in their reach. And, and, um, and so, you know, and then so, so what Jimmy's talking about is that they sent out scouts to basically say, hey, go, you know, scout the whole place out, see how we can overtake the, you know, the people there, how we can occupy the promise that God has given us. Um, and so they went out and, and um, if we pull up Numbers chapter 13, verse 17 through 20, we find this. Go ahead, you can read it. Yeah, it says, when Moses sent them to scout out the land of Canaan, he told them, go up this way to Negev and go up into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. Is the land they live in good or bad? Are the cities they live in encampments or fortifications? Is the land fertile or unproductive? Are there trees in it or not? Be courageous, bring back some fruit from the land. It was a season for the first ripe grapes. <laughs> we, we read that and uh, it's funny because Moses knew what the land was like because God told him what the land was like. He promised them this promised land. And instead of, inst he sent out those scouts so they would come back and see it for themselves. Mm -hmm. And how many times has God given you a promise and even though you've seen that promise, 
you still doubt it. And you listen to the people who are telling you that it's not what it's supposed to be. When there's God telling you, Dylan, this is my promise. I promise this to you, I will give it to you. It might not be on your terms. It might not be exactly when you want it. I mean, we live in an instant gratification world, you know, and people expect to just pray and then all of a sudden, boom, God's gonna deliver. And that's not how it works. And I think, I think that's the issue that, that these people had in the wilderness is they knew that the promise was there, but they listened to the naysayers. And what's really interesting too, that we, we kind of saw this in verse 20, is the land uh, uh, fertile or unproductive, Moses kind of is telling them to find out. Are there trees in it or not? Like, it seems like Moses is like saying, is it a desert or is there any trees? But then at the end he says, on your way back, bring back some fruit. Dude, Moses, you want us to know whether there are trees or not, but then you're assuming that there are trees and you want us to bring back some fruit from fruit. You know, and so uh, uh, kind of an interesting pickle that Moses finds himself in where he has seen the promised land, so he knows that it's there, and the people have not seen the promised land, and, and they've, they've stopped trusting Moses and stopped believing Moses, um, and instead... They had Moses send out these scouts so that these scouts can represent their voice. And it doesn't really matter. I think that these people already pre-decided. It doesn't matter what kind of news they bring back. They ain't going. They already pre-decided that they're not going to be passing through this desert. They're actually going to camp out here. And so no matter what news is brought to them, they're just wanting someone to come and align themselves with what they've already pre-decided. And that's why a lot of times we, you know, we can't help people if they've already pre-decided what kind of lifestyle they're going to live, where they're going to go, how they're going to treat themselves, how they're going to treat others. And we can pray for them, we can encourage them, we can nudge them. But when you have pre you, you, our pre-decisive decisions are so strong um, that, that, that everything in the world can go against us and we'll still be stubborn. Who knows what I'm talking about? This is the power, the power, the, the, the first gift that God gave to humanity, the gift of free will. It is so strong, and if anyone has kids, exactly, it, it comes alive in them beautifully. But verse 26, let's read on verse 26. So Numbers chapter 13, verse 26. Yeah, it says, The men went back to Moses, Aaron, and the entire Israelite community in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back a report for them and the whole community, and they showed them the fruit of the land. They reported to Moses, we went into the land where you sent us, and indeed, it's flown with milk and honey. And here are some of its fruits. However, the people living in the land are strong. The cities are large and fortified. Uh, we also saw the descendants of Anak there. Now, the descendants of Anak um, are giants. I mean, they're big, big people. And so they were scared that if they went and they fought against these people, um, that they wouldn't even make it to the promised land. And not like, I hope I don't offend anybody, not like American big people with their fast foods, but like giants, tall people. All right, some people are like, I'm never coming back here. <laughs> they said the Amalekites are living in the land of Negev. The Heth, I can't even say that word. The Hethites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live by the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people in the presence of Moses and said, let's go up now and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. But the men who had gone up with him responded, we cannot attack the people because they are stronger than we are. So they gave a negative report to the Israelites about the Lord, about the land they had scouted. The land we passed through to explore is one of that devours its inhabitants, and all the people we saw in it are men of great size. We even saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak came from Nephilim. To ourselves, we seem like grasshoppers, and we must have seemed the same to them. And uh, I, that goes back to perspective and how you see yourself. Yeah. How, how many times have you thought, I can't, you know, I can't do this. You tell yourself a lie you, because you're too afraid to step into it. If you would just understand that God said that he is with you and that you can do anything with him, that if you just step into it, you'll succeed. Yep. And, uh, but a lot of times people just tell themselves they can't do it. And they look at 
the giants around them or the problems around them and say, I I'm not strong enough for this. And God said, you don't have to be strong. I'm strong for you. I'm Amen. here for you. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're weak. I am strong. And so that was a big takeaway um, from verse 33. And, and what's crazy is that we forget. Like, like we forget, like, these people, God just destroyed Egypt to rescue them. Hold on, mind, mind you, let me go back. Because before they left Egypt, how crazy is this? They were in slavery for how long? 400 years. 400 years. And before they left, before, before Pharaoh said, yeah, you can, you can take them with you, the Egyptians were giving them gold and giving them weapons and giving all the things they needed to go into the desert. So the people that enslaved them gave them everything they needed to succeed. Now, yeah. if that isn't God, I don't know who is. There you go. So keep going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 that's good. That's really good. It's not in the notes. <laughs> no, it's not in the notes. I read that last notes. night. I was up till 3 o'clock in the morning. I couldn't it sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be in the notes, Jimmy. Come okay. on. Stay on track. <laughs> but, it, but it's funny how, how, how they kind of forgot all the things that God has done miraculously and materialistically for them and they come up against this next promise this final promise and they stall and and it kind of reminds me of 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 just us right like like in every situation the bible says um be thankful and be joyful in every situation and if you can be thankful and joyful in every situation you can also be nagging and ungrateful in every situation you will always find the negative if you're looking for it. And you'll always find the positive if you're looking for it. Just, just look at your current situation. The worst of the worst. I can promise you that if the Bible says rejoice, that you will find something to be joyful in. You know, and I think we see this. It's pretty clear for us because we're like, dude, just go after them. Just, just, just go after it. Look what all God has done. But in reality, you know, we, 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 we hold on to... You know, to the comfort, like it's our, you know, blankie. Not let this blankie go. It's my blankie. Dude, you're 30. I know, but it's my blankie. <laughs> you're engaged. I know. <laughs> it's my blankie. Um, so, yeah, um, one of the things that we have in here, if you want to read this, this obey part, which is kind of interesting too. Which one? Um, before Deuteronomy 8. Obey. Oh, obey and you will see because if you see first, you may not obey. And, and that's kind of what they did is even though you see it, you're still not obeying. And that's kind of how I got to this point because God would talk to me or not, I mean, talk to me, but he would put things in my head that were not of me. I'll tell you right now, I don't want to be on the stage. I don't want to be in front of people. I don't want to talk in front of people. So when he said that, I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be up there. I don't want everybody like now looking at me, like you're looking at me. Like, and so, you know, but he's put in my heart and he said, you just need to obey because the blessing is in the obedience, not in the act. And, and I said that a few weeks ago and I've said that in our aid crew and, and it's been constantly on my heart because I never obey, ever. I know, it's bad. And... <clears throat> I mean, even now, like, I've been trying to be more obedient and listening to that voice. Um, and even though this generation didn't enter into the promised land because he made them wander for 40 years, um, God still honored and was faithful to the promises while they were in the desert. Which is amazing because we kind of missed this. And this is found in Deuteronomy. I'm going to read this real quickly. It says, carefully follow, and we read the verse 2, but, but Deuteronomy writes this, Moses writes this, carefully follow every commandment I am giving you so that you may live and increase and may enter in and possess of the land of the Lord, uh, the land that the Lord swore to your fathers. Number two, remember we read this. Remember, for the Lord your God led you, into, uh, led you on the entire journey for these 40 years in the wilderness so that he might humble you and test you to know what your heart is, whether or not you would keep his commandments. Now watch, verse 3. I, even reading it with him, I never really kind of just saw how God was still faithful even in, their, um, in, even in the desert through their disobedience even. He says, he humbled you by letting you go hungry. Then he gave you manna to eat. 
which you and your fathers had not known, so you might learn that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And verse 4, your clothes did not wear out. Your feet did not swell these 40 years. Keep in mind that the Lord your God has been disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. And verse 6, so keep the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. And and what's crazy is that, like what well, he said, that you, you know, obey and you will see because if you see first, you may not obey. And, and what's, that's such a powerful thought that if we can take this with us, is that a lot of times we want to see so that we can move. And God's like, no, I need you to move and then you will see. Moses, he knew what was over there because he's already seen it. Remember, God already dealt with Moses for 40 years. So it's not like Moses is like, oh, I got this. God's like, no, dude, Moses, you also did not see. I need you to obey. And then Moses seen. And so now God's trying to teach the people the same thing. And God was faithful. This promise was not even to this generation, this generation that, God, that God's going to bring them out. This promise was made to their fathers. Before they even entered Egypt and became slaves, God promised them. He says, you will be in slavery for 400 years, but I will bring you out. So a lot of times we're looking for the promises that maybe God has given us, not realizing that God is still trying to fulfill promises that he gave your father and maybe your father's father and maybe your spiritual father, someone, someone that, that's praying for you and you don't even know, they may not even be biologically connected to you. Maybe your father was horrible, but maybe your great-great-grandfather was praying into his generation and God's still honoring those generations because we see with these people, even though the promise was in their grasp, they did not enter the promise. They did not enter the promise. God was still faithful on his side because later on we read, and if you know the story, things turn around, turn around and they end up stepping into God's promise. But not this generation. Their kids end up stepping into the promise that God gave their forefathers. So you want to read Joshua? Yeah, so Joshua 1, uh, verse 1, and we'll go through 3. It says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. Now, Joshua was one of the scouts that they sent out. So Joshua and Caleb are the only two people that said, hey, let's go and take this land. And the other ten were like, nah, we're not doing that. And that's actually too, because this was like peer pressure. This is like trying to make a decision based on majority. You know, our culture is moving in this direction. So it must be right because look at all these people. And that is a very dangerous to find yourself if our gauge is culture or government or legal, the legality of certain things. You know, um, instead our gauge being the promise. That's powerful. That is so good. Thank you, Sergio. You are a very good at this. Better than Jimmy. Okay. Way better. <laughs> That's why he's up here every week. Uh, and verse 2 says, Moses, Moses, my servant, is now dead. Now you, all, now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. So he said, be ready because you're going to step into it. Now is the time to step into that blessing. And so a lot of the times people, when they're wandering, when they're lost, when they're going the long route, they never feel like they're ever going to step into it. And in verse 3 he says, I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads just as I promised Moses, which is very powerful because where you're at now, he's fulfilling his promises. And so when you get and you get ready to step into the biggest promise, you know that it's real because he's fulfilled his promises along the way. Verse 6 through 9. It says, be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to your fathers and give them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you will have success wherever you go. Wow. It says, this book of instruction may not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do haven't i commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid or discouraged for the lord your god is with you wherever you go and 
this goes into 16 because at this time, Moses is dead. Joshua's supposed to be leading them. And, it, and Joshua kind of told these people, this is what we're going to do. And the people in verse 16, they answered Joshua, everything you have commanded us, we will do. And everywhere you send us, we will go. Yeah. It only took them how long to do that? <clears throat> to finally step into that promise that God, give, that God gave them. God had, to, God had to take Moses out of the equation because they were so focused on, on Moses leading them that at some point we talked about this. Sometimes something might have to die in your life. Something might have to be cut off, not physically die, hopefully. But something might have to die in your life for you to step into that promise. And that kind of correlates back to Moses because he never stepped into the promised land. He had to die for them to understand that Joshua was going to take him there and that God's promise was real. That scares us, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, if you start thinking about what are the things that you may need to cut off from your life, maybe relationships, maybe some leaderships, maybe some activities, you know. And that's a scary thing to do because everybody relied on Moses. And even Joshua relied on Moses because Moses was the connecting point between the people and God. And, um, and it's pretty cool because God told Joshua, he goes, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. So there is like this thing to where just because something needs to die, God is never going to die out of your situation because he's still leading you even through death, even through those things that need to be cut off. But, but talk about the covenant that, that God had with Moses and how he passed that to Joshua. Because I can talk, but you explain it way better. <clears throat> um, yeah, so in, in, the, in the Bible, there are like a lot of God makes covenants with people. And so whenever God makes a covenant with, with he made a covenant with uh, even uh, with Adam, he made a covenant with like Noah, uh, if we, you know, Noah and the promise and the rainbow of never flooding the earth, he made promise with, um, with Moses and he made promise with David and even he made a promise, a covenant with Joshua. And what basically the covenant does is it's, it's not like a contract. Contract basically says, hey, you, and you do your part, I will do my part. And if you fail to do your part, I won't do my part. But a covenant basically says, I will always be faithful to my part regardless of what, whether you're faithful with your part. So this is what makes our God faithful all the time because his, his, faithfulness, his faithfulness is not dependent on our faithfulness or unfaithfulness. So he, his word will always stand. You can rely on that like day and night. Um, that's really powerful. And so God, even if you read earlier with Moses, God's like, hey, Moses, I'm going to destroy all these people. But I'm, but, and then I'll start all over again with you. And remember, Moses had to go plea for the people. And a lot of people don't understand, like, why would God just, you know, say, I'm going to kill everybody, you know? And, and the truth of the matter is that God did not make a covenant with, with Israel, with the people. He made a covenant with Moses. So he could not kill Moses. He could not do anything to Moses because his covenant was with Moses. So Moses, like, God, don't, don't kill him. We'll work it out. And it was this journey that Moses had to go on because he, went, he was in the wilderness for 40 years by himself. And then he had to bring these people in for 40 years. So that, that was a high price to pay. Um, but, he, but it fell under Moses, um, uh, under the covenant that God made with Moses. And then when Moses died, God made a covenant with Joshua. So now God, God is like, I'm going to continue the promise that I made through Joshua. And then, and then leading up, and then you can, and then leading up through all these covenants, the amazing thing is that after a while with a New Testament, when Jesus comes in, God, God stops making covenants with people. Because people die. And instead, he said, I want to make a covenant with myself. And so he ends up making a covenant with Jesus. So now, Jesus is the one that makes us right with God. And so when we align ourselves under Jesus, not under Moses, not under Pastor Sergio or, or, or Bishop Jimmy, <laughs> Reverend Jimmy, um, we align ourselves under Jesus because he is the one that God's going to look on and establish all the promises that he has given uh, so that's why the new covenant is the better covenant that God made with himself. And, and, and that goes back to like when I was telling him, like, I'm, I'm not qualified to be up here. I'm, I'm not, I haven't always been the best person. I haven't always, you know, done the right things. I'm, I, I don't know if I'm really a good speaker or not. Um, 
but it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm up here because God sees me through the lens of Jesus. It doesn't Amen. matter what I've done. It doesn't, he looks at me and he sees Jesus. And, yeah, yeah. And, and that, was, that was like a big awakening for me because a lot of the times you grow up in church and you hear like, you know, God's going to punish you for this. or God, God doesn't punish people. There's not, that, that ended when Jesus died on the cross. I mean, and, and again, like I was up to three o'clock in the morning. I couldn't go to sleep. I was, and I was watching, you know, Bishop T.D. Jakes because that guy's, he'll make you feel like you could take over the world. Probably not the best person to watch right before you talk. I, I know. I mean, I know you're like, you, you said, Bishop, sure, I can be Bishop. Well, you just called me Bishop, so. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Speaking into your future. <laughs> um, but it's funny because. When people see a cross, what's the first thing people think of? It's Jesus. They think of Jesus. And that cross was death. And so just like Moses had to die and that covenant was made with Moses and it passed on to Joshua, that covenant was made with Jesus and it stands with Jesus because we stand under Jesus. And so we get to, I guess, reap that benefit yeah, and it stands with Jesus because Jesus died, but then he resurrected. So the covenant does not die because Jesus does not die. But you kind of touched on it, and this is, I think this is really powerful because, um, you, you know, it goes, it goes back for you even just to basically not having all your stuff, all your ducks in a row, but basically, you know, distinguishing when God speaks to you in a way and, and being obedient to that instruction, that single instruction from the beginning, when you said, when you, when you had like this sensation where you're like, God is wanting me to ask Sergio because Sergio needs help. And, 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 and that obedience until, until you, you know, talk about that because you, you were talking about that and then the whole idea of performing and acting um, yeah, in so, relationship with so, that. So I don't remember where I heard this from, but somebody said that like church was like the first form of social media. Because you come here and you act like you're holier than thou and, and you put on an act and you, and you do all these things and then you go home and you live your real life and nobody really sees that. And church literally was the first form of social media or Instagram or wherever you want to put it. And I got I to gotta interrupt and I wish I had this picture but there's this meme with uh, 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 two cats and you have the, you have the in home where they're and then the picture underneath it is uh, two cats in public doing the Titanic. <laughs> the titanic fly <laughs> and that i mean that's really what that's what you're talking about yeah yeah and and it and it goes we we touched on when we were talking about it like there's a difference between acting and performing and acting is being somebody that you're not but performing is living in in your talents and who you are and and being you you're not putting on a performance for other people, you're just being yourself, and that is a performance alone. That will draw people in. When you start acting like somebody you're not, you can't hold that up forever. Yeah, and God cannot bless the yeah. pretending you, the acting you. I mean, yeah, yeah, like you said, God, God can't bless the person you're you're acting, but yeah. God can bless who you are when you're performing. Okay, so Jimmy, we're ten minutes in. <laughs> we still got um, we still, still got a long ways to go or <laughs> um, no but I mean you even put in here um, which was cool because we're talking about being obedient and, and listening and if you knew what the end result was but you knew you had to go the long route would you take it because that's what Jesus did Jesus knew that he was going to come here and die and Jesus was obedient until death up until that, I mean, he even, he begged and begged and begged, God, take this away. I can't do this. I mean, so much they say that he was sweating blood. So it's not that, it's not that you're going to not go through hard times. It's not that you're, you're going to take the short route or some people, some people might. But if you're on that long path, just be obedient because in the end, that blessing will come to fruition. Yeah, in Philippians 2.8, throw this up because this is pretty powerful, um, this, this verse and what it means. But Philippians 2.8 says this, He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to the death on the cross. Now, the word humble in there is, is you know, it's not like Jesus was prideful. And then he became humble. But the, 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 
becoming humble is basically the word to submit, to surrender, to come under God's plan and promise, even for Jesus, because Jesus' calling was the cross, but it included the resurrection. But the resurrection is the result of the cross. Um, and so even for Jesus, like he gave us this example of being obedient. He, you know, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool because in his life, he would say things like, I do nothing except the things that my father tells me to. He didn't, he didn't just say that so that people can be like, ah, oh, Jesus, you're so amazing. He said that so that we can look at him and be like, wow, what if we did life and did nothing until or, when, you know, only the things that the, our father in heaven would tell us and lead us? And what, what would we see? Um, and the last two things, if you want to read it up and we can wrap up here. Um, the, the biggest thing back to obedience was when you feel like God is telling you to do something, you have to do it because delayed obedience is disobedience. And, and yeah. that for me, I've been very disobedient <laughs> because he's told me to do things and I haven't done them and then I try to delay them and then I do do them and then they just, they're just not right. They, they just don't feel right. And, and that obedience is what triggers more in our lives and it paves the way for our destiny. Yeah. So, I'm going to be a little spontaneous here, but as the band comes up, uh, just if you just, if you were with someone and they were in the place of like, just not really sure they're stuck somewhere and they're just wanting to move forward, they're just wanting God to show up, maybe they want God to take something away, maybe they want some peace and quiet, maybe maybe they're just looking for love maybe they're but they're stuck somewhere um what what would you what would you want to tell them so, so I, I did say this a couple weeks ago um and, and i'll say it again because maybe not everybody heard it but it says in the bible seek and you will find and it's not about seeking what you want it's about seeking god and if you seek god he will not give you what you want, but he will give you that rest. He will give you that peace. Um, I used to see God as so far away, like he's, he's unreachable. And, and in this process, I, f I feel closer and closer and closer to him to where half the time I don't even pray. I'm just talking. I just talk. And people might think that's weird, but I just talk. And it feels like he's like right here. And that tangible feeling has been so freeing and it feels like no matter what I do he's carrying me through that and I don't know how to explain it I know there's people in here that don't feel free um, I know there's people that struggle with a lot of things but if you just seek him and you just go after him those things fall off they, they, they seem so small and he seems so big and when you go into it and he's there he's bigger than those giants at the end of the day those giants seem like ants and you can conquer anything when he's standing next to you but if you don't seek him he can't help you so I would just say seek him and you will find him. Just go after it and step into it. Yeah. I'm gonna have Jimmy also pray. I know. I feel like the Lord's telling me you have some issues and you need to pray. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, today, just on Father's Day, there's a lot of maybe hurts and pains and issues that we're trying to walk through um, as dads, as men, um, as husbands. And, um, you know, we can, we can try to pull our source 
to do what we need to do from all sorts of different places. And I mean, I love how you kind of ended, Jimmy. Is this really Jesus is the answer, and how He's the answer depends on each and every one of us because he's, he's not just like a cookie-cutter answer. So if you see Jesus answering someone's prayer or moving their life, don't take it that that's the way He's going to do it for you. He knows you inside out, and He's going to, and you find a rhythm with, with Him. Um, and you find a rhythm with him. But what we want to do today um, is just uh, pray over you. Um, and I'm just going to let Jimmy, I'm going to just, in the words, like the, you have to understand, like this is, you know, Jimmy fails at school, right? Yeah, I was really bad. <laughs> I, that was prophetic. I didn't even know. Um, no, yeah, my parents like cheered when I got C's. <clears throat> he's, a, he's not a scholar, neither am I. So you're in good company. Um, but, but this is just Jimmy being Jimmy. And I think this is like a beautiful picture of what God really wants from us. Like just for us to be us. Don't try to hide your issues. Don't try to bury your struggles. Don't try to make yourself be perfect or sinless or clean yourself up. God's like, dude, you ain't hiding from me. You're not hiding from me. I know and I'm still going to go after you. I'm still going to chase you. I'm still going to come alongside of you if you let me if you ask me if you invite me into that and so um uh go ahead jimmy um just pray over the guys just whatever you know a sentence or two um and then then i'll wrap up after you with a prayer god we just thank you for everything you're doing here i thank you for giving me the courage to get up here you know I don't even like praying in front of people. <laughs> Thank you for, for bringing people who need to be here here, who need to hear this in their ears. Show them who you are, not who people are, but who you are. We put our hope in people instead of you, and that's where we get let down. You will never let us down, but people will. Thank you. Amen. Father, I just pray for each and every person that is here, God. I thank you for everyone who's here right now, God. I thank you for speaking to our hearts, God. I thank you for softening our hearts, Father. I thank you for coming alive within us this morning, God. I thank you for becoming tangible. Maybe for so many years, some people here never thought that you were actually tangible, Father. So I just thank you for becoming tangible here today, God. I thank you for Jimmy's story, for giving Jimmy the courage to be obedient in those small things, God. And I, and I just know and I believe that what he said, what was said from the stage today, God, God is going to go out and going to produce a lot of fruit in our lives and it's going to encourage and inspire those who are here, those who are watching, God. And I thank you for that. And I just also want to pray, God, for those maybe who don't know who you really are and they maybe you're struggling with even trying to align themselves with you and they don't know how to do it. And if that's you this morning, I just want to kind of like um, walk that with you. Uh, the key thing is just be yourself. Come to God as who you are. Um, and if God is nudging on your heart, you can just repeat this prayer. The prayer doesn't save you, but the conviction inside your heart that you only know about that is the part that God's already moving in your life. So if God is moving in your heart, and not everyone's going to repeat this with me, uh, but just this simple, simple prayer to, pray to just maybe solidify and maybe launch something um, in you. Let's pray this, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me and to resurrect. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, of my foolish ways. Help me to shift my trust from me to Jesus. Jesus, I place my trust in you from this day forward. Take me as I am and launch me into the future that you have for me. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.